Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. And one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, good evening, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. So much has been going on. I don't know if you saw the... um, the uh, town hall with President Trump, with Sean Hannity. There's a lot to uh, talk about in regard to that. And over the next several shows, I want to unpack some things that are going on. The the, the Republican uh, primary debate, the, um, uh, the one that took place in Alabama uh, just uh, just the uh, just last night, and um, and so many developments in terms of how the left is. Uh, dealing with or trying to deal with this uh, presidential election of 2024. A lot of stuff to comment on. I'm going to start to delve into some of it tonight, but also to comment on a number of other things that you may not have seen in the headlines or on other programs. In particular, an event that I was just at with the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, with a very significant and influential organization that, again, you may not have heard of yet. I'm one of their advisors, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But as we always do, let's go to the Word of God. And I want to start tonight uh, here with the Gospel of St. John, consoling and comforting and strengthening words of Jesus, as as all his words are ultimately. Chapter 7, uh, verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let us pray. Lord, like a dry and weary land, we come to you and say, send the rain. Give us living water that comes only from you, that is found only in your spirit. Lord, we thirst. We need you, we need your spirit, we need your salvation. We need your light of truth. We need the strength of your grace. And we need courage and perseverance to overcome an enemy who is shamelessly attacking everything we believe in, everything we love. Lord God, this is our moment for battle. This is not a moment just to sit back and comment on things. This is not a moment to say, oh, well, we have to be above the fray or we can't take sides. We do take sides. We must take sides. We have taken sides. We have taken the side of truth, of freedom, of the value of life, and of America. Lord God, keep us clear and firm in this commitment. Do not let us drift into relativism, indifferentism, 
or, or some kind of false pride that says we're better than all that. We're better than all those that are getting dirtied in the fray. No, Lord God, we are in the fray and we will get dirtied and we will get wounded, but we will be victorious. Just as the Lamb, seated on the throne forever, clearly was slain. One could see that the Lamb had been slain, and yet He lives and reigns forever and ever. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, and in whose power we both believe and act. For He is Lord forever and ever. Amen. And that's what's so exciting about this relatively new organization. It, uh, had its charter meeting right in the midst of the pandemic, actually. The China virus uh, had its charter meeting in uh, the summer of 2020. But I've been a, a member of the advisory board for a long time, and what it's called is the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. Now think about it for a moment. You know about how our country was founded. You know the central role of lawmakers. This is a representative form of government. And uh, you also know the central role that faith in Christ has played in the founding of our country and in its entire history. So for there to be a National Association of Christian Lawmakers makes perfect American sense. And we're going to have at a, at a future program, we have had them actually here in the past. You may have missed the program, but the founder of this organization, a former state senator from Arkansas, Jason Raper, he will have him on again, and uh, the National Association of Christian Lawmakers is something that uh, he has founded and led, but it came out of a number of conversations in which a recurring theme was, here we are in the 21st century, how is it that something like this doesn't already exist? There is a National Association of Jewish Lawmakers, which we applaud, uh, which is great. There are all kinds of other associations for different various groups that are all working for the good of our country. But for there to be Christian lawmakers in an association, a hundred exclamation points, of course, of course. Now, actually, one of our key founders, Alexander Hamilton, one of the drafters of the Constitution, did in fact propose something. Let me uh, read it here. The Christian Constitutional Society. Sounds very similar, right? The Christian Constitutional Society. He proposed the founding of such a group for a dual purpose, supporting the Christian faith and supporting the U.S. Constitution. But for various reasons, it never materialized. The closest thing to it is what has materialized over these recent years. And perhaps in God's providence, this is indeed the best time for this to arise. Because have we ever seen a more orchestrated attack on Christian faith via the law? The law is supposed to uphold our values. Instead, it's being weaponized to attack them. The law is supposed to protect our right to live our beliefs. It's not supposed to impose those beliefs, nor is it supposed to squash those beliefs. But the law exists so that we can freely, openly, without fear of retribution, punishment, or limitation, live and proclaim the gospel. Instead, we're living at a time, as evidenced by 
The film, again, I hope you've seen it. I mention it regularly, Police State. Go to policestatefilm.net. We see the law being used. We see systems and organizations and, 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 and entities in government and procedures being used to attack faith. Perhaps this is indeed the best time for a National Association of Christian Lawmakers to come into being. Let me read a little bit from its mission statement. And by the way, this is, a, this, this is a, a, a brochure about it. And you can um, go to christianlawmakers.com to find out more about this. christianlawmakers.com Let me read from the mission statement. Oh, by the way, NACL, National Association of Christian Lawmakers, you take that acronym... What else is NACL? If any of you know chemistry or the periodic table of elements, remember that? What is the abbreviation for salt? NACL, sodium chloride. NA is, is, stands for sodium. NACL is salt. You are the salt of the earth. Let me read from the mission statement. NACL aims to bring federal, state, and local lawmakers together in support of clear biblical principles by meeting regularly to discuss major issues, propose model statutes, ordinances, and resolutions to address major policy concerns from a biblical worldview. NACL further states that its members, quote, have a proven reputation for working hard to address such issues as electing more Christians to serve in public office, restoring faith in America, abolishing abortion, promoting traditional marriage between one man and one woman, addressing imminent threats to our economy surrounding ESG, exposing the ungodly effort to undermine our culture by leftists, promoting school choice, protecting women's sports, opposing threats to world peace, and standing strong with Israel. End of quote. This sounds like a table of contents for the topics we discuss here or that you hear President Trump address at one of his great rallies, right? This is right on the same page as where we all are. And that's why I want to really encourage you to connect with this organization. You can become a part of it too, even if you're not a lawmaker. I'm not a lawmaker, but I've been associated with this practically from it, well, really indeed from its inception. ChristianLawmakers.com. So we had the sixth national meeting we have more more than one national meeting a year but we have the sixth national meeting of this group just this week in washington dc i mentioned a uh, speaker of the house uh, mike johnson he was there at the gala event uh, that we had the other night and gave a fantastic address first of all affirming as i have just done the importance of an organization like this but talking about how, and he made these remarks also when he first accepted the speakership, America is the only nation founded on a creed. You know, nations often are founded just by geographical or ethnic uh, or geopolitical realities, but to be founded in, on an idea or a set of ideas, to be founded on a set of principles, to be founded on a faith in a God who gives us rights at our creation. And he emphasized again, by the way, that our founding documents, the Declaration says uh, we are created equal. It doesn't say we're born equal, but created, because we exist before we were bo born. Every one of us existed before we were born for approximately nine months in the womb. 
We are created equal. And he said, we have this creed to affirm it and to affirm the God who is invoked by our founders is absolutely and completely appropriate and, in fact, necessary to understanding what America is. And if somebody doesn't believe in that, well, there's plenty of other countries. But you don't go and try to disrespect or change what America is. Instead, you work to preserve it. So he gave a great speech, very much encouraged us uh, that night. We also heard from a number of other people, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We heard from... um, a member of Congress uh, that you may know from Illinois, Representative Mary Miller, and she, uh, she made some uh, very, very strong remarks about the defense of the family. She said, uh, she was referring to also the starting of the family caucus. It's like, why don't we have a family caucus in the House of Representatives? Well, now we do. Uh, the family caucus, um, uh, she she gave remarks about her own pro-life bills. Uh, she has been involved in uh, many of them. And the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, of course, is very, very much involved with the sanctity of life, defending the unborn, and has among its model legislation the Heartbeat Bill and also the Life at Conception Act. We have 14 states now that protect the unborn from conception, so it's not like this is outside of the... Uh, of the mainstream. And we also uh, honored at the, uh, at the banquet uh, another person who may be of uh, two, other, two other folks, three actually, uh, one is a couple that you may be uh, familiar with, Andrew Womack from Andrew Womack Ministries. He was there and he gave in his remarks a clear reminder that This is a spiritual battle. I've been saying on this program, more and more citizens are saying that the political battle that we see unfolding before us really is a spiritual battle. And and, and people are saying that who usually don't even comment on spiritual things. But it is the manifestation of a spiritual battle. And he said, you know, the attacks on life and the attacks on gender, marriage and family, and, and the transformation of gender even by forced mutilation is... Not just bad policy, not just irrational, it is, but it's demonic. And he emphasized that, that theme of it being demonic. Part of our response to this is not only in the preaching and the teaching and the broadcasting like we're doing now. Part of our response to all of this has to be in the business world, creating that parallel economy that enforces traditional values rather than left wokeism. And one of the companies most involved and most successful in doing that is Patriot Mobile, the the nation's only conservative Christian uh, uh, um, cell phone network, Patriot Mobile, uh, cell phone service, I should say. Um, I'm sure many of you use it, but uh, Glenn... Uh, and Jenny were there, Glenn Story, uh, whom I, I've known for, for years as well. And uh, he was awarded uh, and honored for his contribution to uh, pushing back against this woke culture. Part of the woke culture, and this is on a personal note, uh, is cancel culture. And you know that uh, I've been the target of cancel culture within the Catholic Church uh, them telling me after trying to sideline and silence me for decades and none of it worked, 
uh, they told me last year, well you, well, you can't wear the collar, you can't be identified as a Catholic priest. And so I said, like, okay, as soon as you figure out you know, where you stand on these things, let me know. But meanwhile, I know where I've stood for all these decades and nothing's changed, nothing is going to change in terms of speaking out for what is right in the political world and in the moral world. So having been canceled in that way, although not silenced, obviously, uh, this organization decided to highlight that and, and give me a commendation, which I, I really uh, appreciate. You can see it on my uh, website, endabortion.us. But what uh, this National Association of Christian Lawmakers did, in, a, in, in, a, in an effort to express its conviction, which is a conviction our founders had, that if our lawmaking process is going to work, if our system of self-governance is going to work, then the freedom of the church to speak out, the duty of the church to speak out, and the protection that the churches have to speak out must be intact, must be strong. Otherwise, how do we preserve the moral compass that is absolutely necessary in order for us to govern ourselves. And that's why they would feel that they should get involved in speaking up against something that's been done to a Catholic priest to tell him he can't be a priest. Why? Well, because maybe he's being too harsh on the Democrats. That's what it boils down to. They think I'm being too harsh on the Democrats. No, I kind of think the Democrats are being too harsh on America. They hate America. The Democrat Party I'm talking about. There's plenty of grassroots Democrat patriots. But to the extent that they're America-loving, life-loving, faith-loving patriots, to that extent they are at odds with their own party. That's the point. The party hates America. And we've been commenting at length and will continue to do so on Mark Levin's new book, which I hope you have, The Democrat Party Hates America. So they gave me a commendation. They asked me to speak at the afternoon session the other day in Washington of their National Legislative Council. And then the executive committee uh, drafted and voted on unanimously uh, a measure of, of commendation, speaking about all my pro-life work for the last three decades and uh, calling upon the Catholic hierarchy to reinstate my priestly uh, faculties. So they're going to send this letter over to the Vatican. And I really appreciate that uh, affirmation. You know, this is coming from across the body of Christ. Most of these men and women are not of the Catholic religion. And uh, this affirmation coming across the body of Christ, I've often said to people, it's very understandable why it's coming, why this affirmation is coming. Because these men and women have been through the same thing. We all face the cancel culture. We all face the attacks. We all face the ruthless lies of those who are trying to sideline us or, or, or diminish our influence. It's not going to work because we're not going to back down. We're not going to back away in any way, shape, or form. So I'm grateful to NACL for that. Get involved. The website again, christianlawmakers.com. And let your representatives know that. We, we have state chairs right now in more than half the states, like 34 states, we have state chairmen and women who are state legislators and helping to, to grow this uh, NACL. You can help grow this by speaking to your state representatives, senators, delegates, whatever terminology is used in your state. Get to know them. Of course, we need to be getting to know them independent of all of this. But get to know them, and if they are Christian believers, if they are 
patriots ready to fight for our values, then this organization is for them. And you can be the bridge. Thank you in advance for that. All right, I've got a medical note here, not about myself, but about the 45th president. You may have seen this, and there's a reason I want to bring this up right now. Bruce Arendwald, writing this letter publicly, dated November 20th, just a couple of weeks ago. I have been President Donald J. Trump's personal physician since 2021. During this time, I have conducted several comprehensive examinations, the most recent being September 13th, 2023, and have supervised specialist consultations along with ancillary testing for screening and preventative health maintenance. I am pleased to report that President Trump's overall health is excellent. His physical exams were well within the normal range, and his cognitive exams were exceptional. In addition, his most recent extensive laboratory analysis remains well within normal limits and was even more favorable than prior testing in some of the most significant parameters most likely secondary to weight reduction. Cardiovascular studies are all normal, and cancer screening tests are all negative. President Trump has reduced his weight through an improved diet and continued daily physical activity while maintaining a rigorous schedule. It is my opinion that President Trump is currently in excellent health, and with his continued interest in preventative health monitoring and maintenance, he will continue to enjoy a healthy, active lifestyle for years to come. Okay. He's not afraid to talk about his health. He's not afraid to make known publicly his medical condition using the, 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 the testimony of medical experts who are not just experts in med medicine, but who know him and have examined him. The point of bringing this up, of course, is a political one because age is a factor. It came up at the debate uh, the other night uh, with regard to the uh, last night with regard to these Republican candidates who are it's not even, right? It doesn't even make sense to call it second tier. It's like way down in the abyss. It's like you got President Trump, you know, running away with this primary. And, and, and way, 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 way in the, the, down there. And I don't say abyss in the, in the sense of any personal comment about these candidates. But it's like statistically, politically in the polls, way down there. And nevertheless, a debate was held. But this subject came up about health and age, it you know, everybody ages, obviously, obviously. But first of all, we're living in the 21st century where, where, where the actual age matters less and less when you have the kind of medicine we have today, medical profession, medical technology. But secondly, as President Trump himself often has pointed out, it's not the age by itself that's the, the, even the main consideration because there are people in their 90s who are running companies, vigorously succeeding and doing great things. And there are folks in their 60s that aren't doing so, so well. And then you've got Biden who uh, can hardly put a sentence together or take a few steps. So what is it? It's, it's your condition that matters the most here. And... Um, Nobody can tell the, the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow as far as any of us and our health is concerned. Nobody at any age has any guarantees. But the point is that in President Trump, and this is the argument that, 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 that I continue to make, 
It's not even simply these considerations of, well, okay, he's in excellent health, okay, as far as we can tell, you know, but everybody gets, uh, everybody gets older. And you can't say that as a qualification for president. As a deciding element, simply say, oh, well, well, we want somebody younger. Brothers and sisters, we want somebody who's going to get the job done that needs to be done now which is to rescue this nation from a specific group of people who hate America. President Trump has already been there. He's the only one who's already been there. And the unprecedented attacks on him are the greatest sign that he is the one that the other side knows is their greatest threat. Why are they going to such unprecedented lengths to stop him? The very reason why they're going to such unprecedented lengths to stop him is precisely the argument for us to support him. He's been there. He knows how to expose the deep state. He knows how to fight in a way that people three times younger than he is have no idea how to fight how to fight. And I want to get into that in relation to some of the things, I'll do this more tomorrow, but some of the things that have been said about him, and this came up in the, um, both in the debate and also in the Sean Hannity uh, town hall. You uh, saw the comment about being a dictator. Now, Sean asked him outright because the left in its unhinged Trump derangement syndrome keeps saying, oh, but uh, he's going to be, uh, he's gonna be a, a, a dictator. and uh, He's going to be a dictator? Have you been asleep since 2015? Have you been asleep to the existence of the MAGA movement? Are you completely oblivious to what MAGA means? Does he have rallies by himself? Or does he have rallies with tens of thousands of people who know that what he says is literally true when he says it's not about me, it's about us? He said, we are going to be the 47th president. See, you know what? And I'm going to go into more of this in in, in upcoming programs. I think we have to go into this deeply. What's the other side trying to do by by increasing its anti-Trump rhetoric? Understand this one point, what they're trying to do. They are trying to make you forget that it is about us, not him. By constantly focusing on him as an individual, and there's, and there's no way to emphasize better if you want to psychologically and linguistically separate the individual from the masses than calling him a dictator or a Hitler or trying to make people think that he's somehow an enemy of the masses, take what they're saying as exactly the opposite of the truth. The reason they're focusing on this line of thought and this line of rhetoric is that they know the greatest danger here, and it's symbolized in the the scenes of these massive rallies, which will continue, is that he's about us. He's about a movement. 
And they want to they sever that. They can't sever it in reality. They want to sever it psychologically from our fellow citizens, from us, from our children. They want to sever psychologically. They want to isolate Donald Trump as if he's acting as an individual. That's the last thing in the world that's going on. He's saying things and he's doing things that are empowering the people. Why do these, why do these people turn out for these rallies? Every single policy that he has implemented with astonishing and historic success has given more power to the people. Whether it's to the baby in the womb to be born or parents to educate their children the way they see fit or small businesses to grow without burdensome regulations or the country to be secure and safe so that we can go about the business of living and growing and being free and being powerful ourselves. Brothers and sisters, listen to what he's saying. We are going to become the 47th president of the United States. This is about a movement. Long ago, he proved long ago that he's the opposite of a dictator. He proved it long ago. Take what the other side is doing as an act of desperation, because that's exactly what it is. There's so much more here I want to get to, but we're out of time for now. Let's go back to prayer and and take all of the things that we've just commented on and, and let's bring them all before before the throne of God. Lord God, we thank you for Christian lawmakers, first of all. We thank you for those who serve in state office. We thank you for those who serve in federal office. We thank you for those who serve, who see political office not as power, but of service. That, Lord God, is power in the kingdom of Christ. The greatest among you will be the one who serves the rest. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus told us, among the Gentiles, those in authority lord it over them. Their great ones make their power felt. Lord, if that applies to anyone, it applies to the Democrat tyrants that we have in office now, not to Donald Trump. It applies to the Democrat tyrants who act unilaterally without regard for the Constitution who contravene the will of the people, who rewrite the history of America, who indoctrinate our children with a doctrine that has absolutely nothing to do with either American principles or Christian faith. They are the tyrants, not President Trump, not the MAGA movement. Father, we we thank you therefore that we've got Christian lawmakers and we've got an association of Christian lawmakers who are standing up for these things and who are standing against the left. Thank you, Lord. May this effort flourish. Lord, we thank you for the health of President Trump. We thank you for the doctors who care for him. We thank you, Lord God, that despite age, he's able to do the job, willing to do the job, and most importantly, he's got the experience of having already done it. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities we have, whether it's these town halls uh, or rallies to, to listen to what he has to say directly or social media, truth social. We thank you that we have access to what he's thinking, what he's feeling. And Lord God, we thank you too that we have access to 
to hear some of these other debates, some of these other things that are being said. We pray now for the Holy Spirit to guard and protect the hearts and minds of those who hear all these things. Lord, we know that we are dealing with lies in the fake media. Protect and guard our minds and hearts that when we hear truth, we may recognize it. It's not enough that we hear with our ears what the person is saying on the TV screen, on, the, on, on our, our phones or, 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 or iPads, or in person. It's, it's not enough that we hear the, the, the words coming into our ears. We need the Holy Spirit to understand the truth and to sort out truth from lies. Come, Holy Spirit. Descend upon everyone who saw President Trump's town hall. Descend upon everyone who saw the Republican debate last night. Descend upon everyone who listens to these rallies. Descend upon everyone who sees these social media posts. Descend, O Holy Spirit, and give us the clarity of mind and the purity of heart to discern truth from falsehood. We need this so much, Lord God, to be able to save America, to be able to govern ourselves, and ultimately be able to save our souls in Jesus Christ. Bless us now. Lord, we ask you to answer the prayers of everyone who has expressed prayer intentions. And we ask you to listen to the desires of our hearts and of our families as we pray now the very words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. A lot more to follow up on here, but I do want to conclude here, friends, with uh, Senator Jason Raper, a little excerpt from the press conference he gave the other day in Washington when we had this gathering of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. And he, he said something so great. He was talking about his, again, his commendation to me, which I really want to let you know about to encourage you to continue to support us. Uh, but what he said about the accusation of us being on the far right, all of us together, he gave a great response to it that I'd like you to hear and I think you're going to want to use as well. Senator Jason Raper uh, from uh, the state of Arkansas, and then we'll have our, uh, uh, our usual conclusion. Thanks for joining us. Stay, stick with us on Praying for America each weeknight, and we'll be back to you soon. The National Association of Christian Lawmakers was formed in August of 2020. And since that time, we now have members and supporters in all 50 states, as well as Puerto Rico. We have elected state officials that are serving as state chairs in their respective states in 29 different states, all in just 24 months. We invite you to become a part of what we are doing. We believe that this nation would be better with more godly leaders serving in elected office at every single level. We have the National Legislative Council, which has seven committees. We're the only faith-based paralegislative organization in the country. Historians tell us 
that we are the first National Association of Christian Lawmakers in the history of the United States. We invite you to join with us. Go to ChristianLawmakers.com and become a member today. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. One of our National Advisory Board members, and we wanted to show support for him as he has found himself as really the target of persecution even within the church about his pro-life stance. And this is a really good point to say to you, very important to me. I've seen a lot of things that's been written about the NACL, about members and our officers, that will often start with something to say, the far right. We're not the far right. We're in the center of God's will. That's what our organization is about. So as the country has moved further and further left, you now refer to people that are in the center of God's word and what Christians believe is the far right. And it needs to be something that needs to be addressed, I think, more honestly in the press. So we had a resolution in support of Father Frank Cologne. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the ministry of Priests for Life which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.